Hey everyone, uh, Jason Klein here. I'm the senior minister here at Refocus Christian Church, uh, located in Fallonsby, West Virginia. I just want to say uh, thank you so much for listening to our content. Uh, feel free to share or like or leave any comments you have. Uh, we're always looking to engage with people. Uh, what are some questions you have? What are some things that you might be learning? Uh, and at the same time, if you want to know more about us, check us out at refocuschurch.com, uh, which also has a link to our Facebook there. Uh, and so it just has uh, upcoming events, things that are going on, uh, sermon series that we're in. Uh, so once again, thanks for being a part of this. Thank you for listening in. And as always, please feel free to share and comment or like, because uh, we want to make sure that we're trying to reach as many people possible uh, with the good news of Jesus Christ. All right. Have a great day. Hey everyone. Hey, uh, I know that this is kind of a mix of, uh, if you're following my podcast, uh, there's kind of a mix of sermons uh, and then my own kind of personal thoughts. Uh, eventually there's going to be a separation of the two. Uh, we're working on some stuff for the church moving forward that eventually will have its own uh, podcast channel. But for now, uh, using mine uh, just makes sense. But so thank you for listening uh, and thank you for, you know, taking the time out of your day. Uh, I just kind of want to get on here and and talk about the idea of of purpose. I think one of the things that so often resonates with people is just this idea of what is my purpose? What am I called to do? What am I trying to accomplish? What things are, you know... Um, you know, from a Christian perspective, what is it that God's asking me to do? You know, uh, what is my career path? I, I remember years ago, there was a young lady uh, named Lexi uh, that I used to, I was part of a um, kind of a weekly mission thing happened every summer. We went and we painted houses up in the Vienna, West Virginia area. And, and she's a good friend of mine, and I think at the time, she she was always on my houses that I worked with. I got to know her dad and everything really well. And, you know, Lexi was junior, senior in high school, and just was really, really trying to figure out, you know, what is, what am I doing? What am I, you know, what should I do? What should I go to school for? How should, you know, what, you know, all of those things, right? And I think that's just, those are typical questions that, than anyone ask, you know, what, what am I doing? And in my time in youth ministry, I really feel that that was kind of a draw for a lot of people is, you know, what am I doing? What's my focus? What college am I going to? Am I going to go to college? Maybe a trade school, just all these ideas. And then as you get older, as you become an adult, I feel like you kind of settle into something and then later on in life, like, you maybe backtrack or uh, they always talk about that that midlife crisis that people hit you know you just kind of lose focus on what's going on and I know that I, I went through that in my own life you know my wife and I I, I started out uh, I had little odd jobs in here and there before I got into ministry and then I was in ministry for about 11 years uh, and then uh, I took a break you know my wife and I I went through some challenging times and uh, decided to take a break. You know, we didn't stop going to church. We just stopped working at churches. And, you know, and then we we had this idea of 
planning a church and I think things were going in the right direction and then COVID hit and all of that kind of shifted and <clears throat> things changed and once again we got to a point where we were just kind of settled in. I was working at a, a warehouse job and I was climbing the ladder, right? I think is what everyone wants to do. And uh things were going all right and, and just but I just had this overwhelming feeling that like there's gotta be something more. There's gotta be something bigger. And and I think that the more we pursue life, the more the older we get, we realize that a lot of times um those things that we're pursuing, like money, job, fame, uh, all of that, you know, it, it, it really it doesn't give us what we need. It doesn't give us uh, long-term what we really want. It, it it kind of fills in the gaps here and there, but it it really doesn't define our purpose. And and I think I know why why that is. And, and this is a part of, listen, if, if you're not someone who follows Jesus um, and you listen to this, I'm, I'm excited you're here. Thanks for listening. But if you're not someone who follows Jesus and you're trying to figure out what your purpose is, I, I think the answer lies in him. And it's probably not something that maybe you've heard, maybe you haven't heard this, maybe it's not something you really necessarily believe, but but I believe and I really do think that, that God, the creator of all things, the one who made us, the one who knows us, uh, has a say and how we live our life and what we do and 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 you know he he guides us not only morally but the decisions we make and and ultimately he gives our life purpose because he he is the one who created you and and I know not everyone believes that uh but but I do I I believe that he is the one who created you and so he is the one who knows you the best every detail inside and out and and so why not for a moment step outside of what you think you need and what I think I need and and let's look at what God says we need so we find ourselves here in the in, in scripture uh in the the book of John so John is the the fourth gospel uh <clears throat> a lot of uh words written in red if you have a bible that are the words are written in red those are words that uh were recorded that Jesus himself spoke so they have a little more weight to them it's not what people said about him it's not what people thought about him but it, it's actually what you know we believe he said himself and and so John chapter fourteen, if you go uh, to about the middle of the book, uh, you you come across this entire passage, this chapter is really dealing with uh, who Jesus is, and and he establishes himself, he establishes that that he is of God, that he is God, that him and the Father are connected, that that he is the only way to get to God. Uh, he says, you know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I, I'm the only one. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. And if you have known me, you would have known my Father also. And so he's talking to his, his early disciples and and this conversation comes up because uh, one of the disciples says, you know, why don't you just show us the Father and we'll believe? And and Jesus says to them, 
Listen, how long have you been with me now? If, if you've seen me, you, you've seen the Father, which is one of the reasons uh, he actually ends up being crucified is because he, he makes a claim that at the time was really just against everything. You, you didn't claim to be God, uh, let alone having seen God. That's not something you did or said, but, but Jesus says, I, I have shown you the Father because I am him. I, I am God in the flesh. You know, and this is when there's a bigger topic here, and we're not going to get too far into, but this is how we believe the Trinity works, this idea of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and and Jesus is a part of that. So while he is physically on earth as Jesus, the Father abides in him. And so he's talking to his early disciples. He's establishing who he is. Uh, He's establishing that, listen, if you want to get to God, you have to believe in me. I'm the only way. And and I, I believe that. Uh, I believe that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. And I believe that because Jesus is the only one in all of history that has ever dealt with sin. And that's the one thing that separates us from God is, is the sin that you and I have. And Jesus dealt with that. No other religion, no other culture, no other idea has, has given a solution to sin uh, that has fully taken care of it and resolved it in the way that Jesus did. He he died, and he came back to life, and he overcame it. So, and once again, bigger conversation meant for later on. Or if you want to engage, send questions. If you want to go deeper, by all means. But Jesus is establishing who he is, what he's doing, and what. The early disciples need to know, and that's, listen, if you want to get to God, you've seen him through me, but the only way to get to him is through me, believing in me, loving me, and and, and abiding in me. And he goes on, uh, and he goes on to chapter 15, and he actually starts talking about this idea of abiding, and that's to be, to accept, right, To, to be a part of something. And Jesus is talking about you know, abiding in him and the love. And I love it because he he says, I think it's verse nine. He says, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. So abide in my love, right? He's talking about how, how much he loves those who follow him, that he loves them the same way that God loves him, which is extraordinary. But, but here's, here's back to, to what we're, we're talking about. This idea of purpose. What is your what is your purpose? What is your what is God's plan for your life? What are you supposed to do? What what is it that you and I are, are called to do? And and I think part of the answer comes from uh John fifteen in the first couple of verses. Starting in verse one, uh, Jesus says this I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, uh, he... Uh, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is using the the analogy of, of a vine and a branch, right? And so culturally at the time, 
it was a big part of their life. Uh, wine vineyards were fairly popular. It was one of the biggest drinks. Um, so they would have understood the, the terminology of pruning. And if there was, uh, if there were vines that were not producing fruit, they were pruned until they were producing fruit. Uh, if they ended up not producing any fruit at all, they were pruned and gotten rid of altogether to make more room, uh, for other vines that were. I mean, this is, this was their livelihood for some of them. Right, so uh, they they would have understood culturally that in order to in order for a harvest to be good, so here we're talking about fruit, that sometimes there's a pruning process, and in order for all of these things to work, they have to be attached to the main branch, and and we can see this in, in our everyday life. Uh, go and take a tree limb and cut a tree limb off from the trunk of the tree. Uh, over time, it'll die. Uh, that's what happens. Uh, my wife and I, uh, our house we moved from up in the Columbus area, we had what's known as a smoke tree in our backyard. And uh, one day, it's probably in the middle of a storm, towards the end of the storm, the tree just split, like clean in half. And, and I'll tell you right now, it was shocking because this was one, the tree was gorgeous. But at the same time, we there was no indication on the outside of the tree whatsoever that this should have happened. And the storm really wasn't even that bad. I mean, it was about as crazy as most central Ohio storms can be, but it wasn't that crazy. And so I go outside and this tree is split right down the middle. So I go out and I look and in the middle of the tree had been eaten away uh, we assume from termites, maybe even carpenter ants, we were still to this day debating. But the problem is, is the tree, the trunk that the tree was attached to was was rotten. And so the rest of the tree, even though it looked good, failed and it fell apart. And and so here we have Jesus using this analogy of, of staying attached to him, of abiding in him, of knowing that that they are loved and that we're loved in the same way that God loves him. And, and, he, and he tells this and he keeps, he repeats himself that those who abide in me will bear much fruit. Now, of course, like I said, the, the early disciples understood the analogy. And if you work on a farm or eat any kind of fruit in today's culture, you probably understand that. But, but what does it mean to produce fruit? What does it mean to to bear fruit? And, and in there, I think, is the answer to the question of what is our purpose? What is it that you and I are supposed to be doing with our lives? And, and here's the thing. I, I spend a part of my life chasing money, chasing titles, Chasing a nicer car, chasing being known for this, chasing being known for that. I, I, I kind of took a break from the church, and, and I said this earlier, for almost four years, not going to church, but working in a church, and, and I kind of ventured into the business world and, and the warehouse world, and and I just, I, I wanted to do, and I was trying to get to the top, and I worked my way up, and I got to a pretty decent place, and I just, I realized that there's got to be more to life than this. And and I think a lot of times that you and I are, are in that kind of place because we're, we just believe that there's supposed to be more. 
and the things that we seek are great, but in the end, a bigger house, a bigger car, a nicer car, uh, more money in the bank, all of those things, you know, they're not bad, but in the end, all of those things will fade away. They, they don't mean anything. And, and so I think a lot of times when I'm dealing, especially with younger, you know, that college age, high school age, you know, what is my purpose? And, and they're thinking in terms of, of money and career and family. And listen, those things are not bad. Not at all. God made those things. He expects us to enjoy those things. But, but what if, what if you and I, the purpose for our life is, is not to make more money, but to bring more people to Jesus? What if it's not about the fancy car or the title or the corner office or whatever other thing you can fill in, being known as an amazing athlete, um, you know, maybe you're a you're an esports kind of person, and you know Fortnite or whatever, and you're you're known for that, and you're chasing some wild trophy in fantasy. And but what what if you and I and our purpose is is more eternal than that? Now, for those of us who are in Jesus, I I would like to say that that we understand that. I I would like to think that you and I understand that our goal in life, once we have found Jesus, is to bring other people to Jesus. But but what I see so often is quite the opposite. We use God for our own well-being, for our own potential, for our own growing, our own kingdom. And, and not <clears throat> that God doesn't bless some of us in that way, because he does. I know plenty of people who follow Jesus, and, and they have incredibly successful careers, and they've done amazing things. But, but, but what if life is so much more than just things? What if the church isn't about growing a bigger building or building a bigger building? What, what if the church isn't about having the latest technology? What if, what if the church really is just about people? about bringing people to the knowledge of who Jesus is, of, of offering them the opportunity to, to experience eternity, to, to understand what it means to, to not have to fear death. Well, what if, if offering them Jesus here and now in this world is, is what, what makes them get up every morning and go to bed every night? What, what if we could show them the peace of God, what what if we can show them that that the discipline that He offers is actually designed to help them and and to make them better and to grow them and 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 what if we can teach them like we should be taught that that they're supposed to take what they have now and they're supposed to go and tell someone else. This idea of bearing fruit is is so much bigger than finances or jobs or careers, but. But it's, it's dealing with the eternity of people around us. You and I, as followers of Jesus, have an opportunity to give people something this world can't offer them, and that's freedom from sin. 
We can introduce them to the one who can save them from themselves. We we can introduce them to the one that, that gives us joy and peace beyond understanding. We we can introduce them to, to God's word, which which cuts like a double-edged sword, and, and it, it changes us and it grows us and matures us. What if the, the purpose you are seeking is the person standing next to you? I, I I think we know that logically in our minds. I think we know that, but I don't think we really put that into practice. Because when we talk about purpose, we think about jobs, careers, money, uh, vehicles, <laughs> fame, families. But but what if if all of that? All of that's, like I said, is not bad, but what if that's not your purpose? What, what if your purpose, what if it really is just as simple as telling your story and giving someone the opportunity to find Jesus? Listen, that, that's the greatest thing you can offer them. Salvation, man. Not spending an eternity in hell. Uh, knowing and, and having a God who, who can to love them and give them peace. Uh, showing them and teaching them that, that they can be loved no matter what they've done or who they are. And that that is our ultimate purpose. That is what you and I are supposed to do and, and we should be doing it. I, I tell this to, to my own church a lot of times that, that if you're, if you are depending on me and me alone bringing your friends and family to Jesus, then you've already missed it. Because it, they're in your life for a reason. God has given you an opportunity to, to love them and to show them and to teach them and to tell your story and to share your testimony and to witness what he is doing in your life. Because here's the thing, and, and I believe that what Jesus is saying in John 15, if, if you are not bearing fruit, You will be cut off. You will be pruned to make way for those who are. Because what you and I are supposed to do is to bear much fruit. We are supposed to spread the good news. The, the early disciples, when Jesus was leaving, that, that's what he left them with. As he, as he ascended back to heaven and sent the Spirit to be with them, he said, go and to tell people, tell people who I am and go to the ends of the earth, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and instruct them in the ways that I have instructed you. Don't worry about what you're wearing. Don't worry about what you have. Don't worry about your career. Don't worry about whether or not people like you. Go and make disciples and then have disciples who make disciples. Your purpose, my purpose, is to bring people to the knowledge of Jesus. And here's the thing. Even if you're someone who's listening to this and you're not yet a Christian, that's still your purpose. You just, you're not there yet. Because you, once you understand who God is, once you understand who Jesus is, once you understand how much has been done for you, 
and, and how much he loves you and how much he wants to save you and how much he, he did to make that happen, then you, you can't help but tell other people. But for those of us who've been in the church for a long time and, and we've been Christians for a long time and, and we've just settled in and we've decided to sit back and do nothing, we don't talk about it, we don't share our faith, we don't pray for people, stop it. This is something you will do for the rest of your life until you die and may your death bring more people to Jesus. And not because of the fact that you died, but because you live such a life that it left them wanting more. You and I have a divine purpose. We were set apart since the beginning of creation by the one who created it to not only experience Jesus and what he has to offer, to accept that, but to tell others about it as well. So when you're asking what your purpose is, what your focus is, what your career path is, listen, I don't have an answer there. I wish I did, but I don't. But what I can tell you is Jesus makes it clear that if you are a follower of his, you should be bearing fruit. You should be telling other people your story. You should be making sure that other people, the the people around you, your friends, your family, even your enemies, have an opportunity to find Jesus because it'll change their life. I've changed my outlook, and and this is something that, that I hope to continue to develop. I stopped trying to build my own kingdom because at the end of the day, my kingdom's gonna fail. My kingdom will fall apart. It won't, there won't be anything left eventually. Instead, I want to be known someone who's trying to build his. I want to be known as someone who's trying to build the kingdom of God. And the way that we build the kingdom of God is by bringing people, new people, not just other Christians, but new people who have never heard the gospel message. We give them an opportunity. We share our faith and we bring them to the knowledge and the acceptance and the love of Jesus Christ for the salvation of their sins and for eternity spent in the presence of the Father. That is our purpose. That is what you and I are called to do. So get out there and do it. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for checking out this week's podcast. Hey, if you want to learn more about our church, check us out at refocuschurch.com or look us up on Facebook at Refocus Christian Church. We're located in Fallonby, West Virginia. Uh, we'd love to have you and your family out. Come check out and see what God is doing in our people, in our community, in our church. All right. Later.